When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, Henry. We are back, and uh, we are going to talk to Tom Lugendill a little bit while longer. He was at the uh, Under Armour All-Star game just talking about how the difference the differences in recruiting these days versus the way it used to be logan from alabama is up next hey logan hey paul hey paul i guess it's officially basketball season now but i haven't called you since the michigan win so i'm uh still a little bummed out I uh, can't believe it happened, but I was going to, I was wondering, you probably already addressed this on the show. I haven't been able to call in or listen for a while, but do you think, is it possible that they're going to get these wins vacated um, because of the cheating scandal? Or do you think that NCAA has any teeth left? I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, You don't? Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a quick answer for me. Um, hey, I was going to say, man, uh, I saw where Richard Nixon called into the show. What did he have to say? <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's an interesting caller, as you know. Uh, so <laughs> I, think he need, I, I think he needs a good rest, don't you? I think he does, too. I think Hunter S. Thompson said he was so crooked it took about three guys to screw on his pants every day. So <laughs> I'm not sure what he's like in the afterlife. I, uh, I'm sure it's a lot worse. I had dinner a couple of years ago. Uh, one of my former bosses, who used to work with Hunter Thompson at Rolling Stone. And, Logan, Man. I wish I – it was one of the great nights just to hear those stories. It, it was purely priceless. I can imagine, Paul, man. I mean, the dude was – as advertised. I mean, I would believe whatever you heard because it probably was true, you know? A lot of people, there's a lot of, uh, you know, myth and pomp and circumstance, but Hunter S. Thompson, I think he pretty much, uh, he is pretty much a straight shooter. He sh- I mean, there, I mean, there, there, uh, there are some cats out there today and everybody says, oh man, that guy, he's cutting edge. Uh, there was nobody uh, in his day like Hunter S. Thompson. At, at all, Paul, and I think you know you you're pretty much you're you're keeping that alive. That journalism, there's some of that that, that good journalism going on. There's not too many people doing real journalism nowadays. But I well, mean, well, well, Logan, I am not. Uh, you can't. I mean, there's no such thing anymore, especially in what I do. But but the difference is, I mean, I do understand journalism, whether I uh, I practice it uh, fully anymore it's very difficult to do fully but i do understand it a little bit and i think it's an important element that very few have and i think that's why you see so much garbage on the airwaves today hey thank you very much appreciate it checking in with mike in maine hello mike go right ahead hey mike how are you sir we are doing great thank you 
uh, I just turned on your, your program, and uh, I went to the University of Tennessee in the late 60s. In 1967, I believe, uh, Tennessee played basketball at Alumni Hall, Alumni Gym. That is correct. And Rupp Fronts came to town, and uh, Tennessee beat them. It was the last game of the year. Kentucky was undefeated. And I can remember the Kentucky team per person, Louis Dampier, Pat Riley, Cron, Conley, Jarris. But I only remember two of the Tennessee guys, Austin Red Robbins and Howard Bain. Oh, yeah. And that was one help game. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, it was quite a bit before uh, my entrance to the scene, but I've, I've heard those names in covering Tennessee basketball about 10 years later. Yeah, it was, like I say, Alumni Jim, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, alumni, by the way, Alumni Jim um, was a, uh, that was where everything was. I mean, it was still around when I was in college. And I believe the Tennessee women played at Alumni Gym my first year, and then they finally moved them over to uh, Stokely. But there were concerts there. There was everything there. Yeah, because I, I played baseball at Tennessee, and then the next year we moved into Stokely. But I, that was a I'm trying to remember. where Was Alumni Gym right below the hill, or was it on the hill? I, can't, I, I do not even remember. Yeah, it was on the side of the hill. The side of the hill, okay. It was pretty rickety, I remember. I mean, the seats were lousy, but... No, I, uh, I remember uh, my first year there, I went to a uh, Kansas concert at Alumni Gym, of all things. Not the University yeah, of Kansas, was, but the Dust in the Wind, Kansas. <laughs> but it was... I, I can remember that's the first kind of big-time basketball game I ever went to, and it was insane crazy, and... It's one of my best memories. I have old pictures of Howard Bain jumping on the, the first uh, jump ball with Dad Jarrett, I believe. But anyway, that was an incredibly good time. Well, thank you. It's great to hear from you, Mike. You be well. You take care of yourself. And let's check in with Daryl in North Carolina. Hello, Daryl. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you. Um, I wanted to give you a little different perspective on Jim Harbaugh. He's always intrigued or amused me. I'm not sure which. He's a, an eclectic guy or a geek. I'm not sure which. But, um, you know, as, I, as I've watched him over the years, and then especially after I saw his uh, interaction with his father after the game, it kind of reminds me of uh, the sheriff in the small town or county that I grew up in in North Carolina. He was like one of the greatest, most uh, honest, upstanding people wanted their kids to be like him, person around. But he was also the only person didn't realize that his uh, son was the biggest troublemaker in the county. <laughs> That's great. And uh, I think that Harbaugh, I just don't see him as being sneaky. Uh, I don't say that his, some of his staff didn't do things, but I think that he would never have gotten into a room uh, and said, okay, guys, let's be really careful how we go about this, but we're going to break the rules. Um, I just don't think that that seems to be in his character, and I might be completely mistaken. But um, I've also never heard a negative comment from any of his players. Uh, well, yeah, let, me, let me explain the only reason why some people used as a supposition his reason for cheating. And that was because he had completely bottomed out 
three years ago, nearly fired, uh, could not beat Ohio State, had his contract slashed in half. I'm just offering uh, what the peanut gallery said, and, and I uttered those phrases as well, but uh, I agree. Uh, I, interview, I interviewed Jim Harbaugh for the first time while he was a college player uh, in a story I was doing about his father and him and other father and sons, and he's always been uh, the straightest shooter in the, in, the, in, the, in the barn. Well, I'm not saying it couldn't have happened, but it just doesn't appear to me that he's um, got the, the gears to do that. But anyway. You're right. Um, uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, it, it, but, and the only thing I can offer, and I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a criminologist not my it's not my specialty but when when people are at the brink do they do things that they normally wouldn't do you're listening to the paul feinbaum show podcast we have breaking news from chris Lowe at this moment nick saban is retiring sources are telling espn Six national championships, the greatest coach of all time. It appears to be over. I repeat that again. According to Chris Lowe of ESPN, Nick Saban has announced to his team that he is stepping down. Chris Lowe joining us right now. Chris, many thanks. Appreciate you coming. Uh, I'm just going to uh, hit you up and, and tell you what, you what what do you know and how did this come about? Well, Paul, it is a... You know, for college football, it's one of those days I think we'll probably all remember. The greatest run, certainly, in modern football history over. Nick Saban retiring, telling his team today. Uh, this is something he's done the last few years. As I think after the season, he and his wife, Terry, have, have gotten away and assessed where they are with their lives, where Nick is with his career. Uh, this is, was not something that he did for the first time this year. And you know, soon after they got back from the Rose Bowl, they went down to their place in Florida, talked about it, came back, thought about it. I don't think anybody knew, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think anybody really knew what was going to happen. I mean, you, you talked to people at Alabama the last few days, it had been business as usual. Uh, but Nick is old school, as you well know, and the first people he wanted to know uh, were his players. And he talked to his players, he told them. And um, I think it's, again, something that a lot of people around that program thought there might be a chance of it happening, but I don't think anybody saw it coming in the last uh, couple of days. Again, uh, Chris, so many people uh, felt like this was a possibility, and, and I, I watch what you have to say very closely, and I, I felt you were pointing toward the possibility of this throughout the year, uh, reversing where you had been previously. What do you think triggered it? Well, I think, you know, we were 72 years old, first of all, uh, Paul. 14-hour days are a lot different than they were when you are 60 or 62. That's, that's just the way it is. And, and Nick's one of those guys that um, he can only do it one way. He's never going to scale back. He was never going to scale back and bring somebody else in to help him. Uh, he knows one way to coach football. And I think he had gotten to the point where he felt like he had given everything he could. He'd done everything he could as a head football coach to – to make Alabama a championship contender every year. And this was the right time, the right place for him and his life and his family to walk away. He, he, he was never going to have – someone asked me out in L.A., is there any chance that he would do this um, and, and then sort of say, I'm going to coach my last year? No way. There was never any way he was going to do a victory tour like we've seen some coaches do 
he was going to decide, he was going to make his decision, talk to his family, and then he was going to be done. And that's what happened today. Again, uh, I realize many of you uh, are maybe just joining us. Uh, you see it at the bottom of the screen for those folks on radio that may have just tuned in. Uh, Chris Lowe, who has been as close to Nick Saban as anyone over these last couple of uh, years, really for many years, uh, breaking the story moments ago that Nick Saban has told his team he is retiring. Uh, Chris, I even hate to uh, move ahead because uh, we're talking about the greatest coach of all time, but let me uh, just try to get a, 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 a sense from you about how this went down beyond telling his team. How, how long do you think this has been in the works and what impact, if any, uh, did last week and this season have on his decision? Well, and I don't, first, first of all, Paul, I don't claim to know everything that went through Nick's mind. And I have had the pleasure of getting to know him pretty well over the last 20 years and, and covering his team. Uh, he's been very gracious to me to let him inside his program and, and see some things and sort of go behind the curtain. But th this was something that was very, I think, a very tight circle. Really, he and his wife, Terry, his family. Um, and, and I think that's about it. And I think that's sort of the way he is. If you know Nick Saban, you know, he's not the kind of guy that talks about things that might happen. He's very much an in-the-moment type of guy. I did speak with him, I guess, last month before the, uh, before the playoff. And the one thing he did say, we weren't talking about his retirement. We we're just talking about other things in the sport. He says, you listen, when you start thinking about and talking about and asking questions or sort of asking yourself about retiring, or retiring you probably already are retired. He said, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm to that point yet, but as I said, you know, when you work 14 hours a day like he's always done, you get on planes, you fly over the country, you recruit kids, and you're 72, that, that, that takes a toll on anybody. Even a guy like, like Nick, and I used to joke with him that he was bionic. You know, <laughs> there's not many people at that age that has that kind of energy that can do it and go about it the way he did, uh, but he is human, you know, and, and he's, uh, I think he wants to have this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. 
Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. A quality of life after coaching where he can do some things that he wants to do. And I think that's the other thing that he has said, not just this year, but over the years when we've talked about different things, that when he's done coaching, that he still has time and still has the kind of quality of life because then he can go out there and live his life, do things with his family, do the things that he likes to do that, let's be honest, when he's coaching football, that was always going to be what he did. And he just didn't have the time to do it because he was never going to take the time because he wanted to coach football and do it at the highest level. And he always felt like if he weren't, he was letting his players down, the university down, all the fans down. He was going to give everything he possibly had. And, and people ask me what stands out or what do you think about when you think about Nick Saban. There was a story that Terry Saban told me one time when they were living in Miami. And this is when he was in NFL. And there was a, they had a meeting or something planned there at the, at the Dolphins headquarters. And there was a bad storm that came through. And people were having trouble getting to the work. Well, they had the Sabans had a tree that actually fell over in their yard and, and blocked the driveway. Nick goes and gets a chainsaw and saws that tree up so he can back the car out of the driveway and get to the complex. That's the way he went to work and approached his job every single day. We are chatting with Chris Lowe, uh, this bombshell breaking news from just moments ago that Nick Saban has informed his team that he is stepping down after the most legendary career uh, in college football history with seven national championships. Chris, uh, it, it, it is early even to, to think about something, but it's obvious whenever a coach steps down, there is going to be a new coach. Uh, just not that there's any news on that, of course, because this hasn't even been officially announced yet, but just give us your best guess on, on how this plays out. Well, good luck to Greg Byrne, <laughs> Alabama's AD, who's uh, one of the best in the business, and certainly all ADs want to be in a position to make key hires. I can't think of a, a more critical or tougher – I wouldn't say tougher because Nick leaves that program in such great shape, but a hire – let's just put it this way, Paul, a hire that everyone's going to be watching. And, and clearly it's not just going to be Greg's hire. There are, there are people there, his bosses in the upper administration in Alabama that will have a big say. Uh, I don't think they'll rush. You know, certainly every good AD, which Greg is, has a list of guys, as the cliche goes, or candidates in their drawer, and I'm sure he does. Uh, people are going to have the, the next question you and everybody's going to have, well, what say will Nick Saban have? You know, Nick Saban will do anything and everything he can to help them move forward. Uh, in no way, shape, or form, though, is in his DNA that he's going to try to force somebody on him and tell him this is who you should go hire. He will be a resource for him. Uh, you can count, bet your last dollar on that. And I think they'll sort of look around and see who they feel like is a fit. There are a lot of good young coaches out there. This is a young man's game. Uh, I, I think more than ever, when you look at the just the workload and NIL and, and managing the roster and portal and all that goes into being a head coach now, especially at that, at that level, and so I think all those things to be considered. I, I just, right now, I'm very hesitant to start throwing out names because you know and I know over the next 24 hours, basically everybody who's ever won a title, NFL and college, anybody who's ever been 
construed as being somebody who's been a part of Nick's tree is going to be mentioned at some point. Another moment or two, again, uh, I don't want to act like this is the end of the world, but in college football, this is as close as you can get. Uh, We're at the precipice with the uh, news that everyone that has covered Nick Saban, that knew Nick Saban, that has watched, admired, or rooted against Nick Saban knew would happen. At some point, he would step down, although uh, while many believe, Chris, that it could come, I think a lot of people just assumed that he wanted to win another title. I don't think that's uh, really was probably the right way of thinking about this. But in terms of the Coach Saban that you've been around and observed and saw just the other day, um, when do you think or do you think or how much do you think it meant to finally Get back, not finally. Get, he's only been there, only been two years, but to to be Kirby Smart, to to stop all that talk of a of a threepeat uh, that Kirby Smart was moving past Nick Saban. How important do you think that game in Atlanta was? And, and I'm not saying anything's gravy because this is a, this is a man that competes for only the championships. But do you think that played a role in it all? Well, you know, he's fiendishly competitive, Nick is. We know that. But, no, I don't think he thinks that way, Paul. I really don't. I think that what, what, he, what he gleaned the most satisfaction out of this year is as much as maybe any team he's ever had there, this team improved from where they were in the second, third week as dramatically as any team he's ever had. Uh, he told me when I was with him a couple of times this year that the way the season was going, he talked about how fulfilling it was for him. I know in talking to his wife, Terry, after one of the games this year, she just talked about just how happy and how happy, you know, how glad he was for the players to see them come as far as they've come. And, and anybody who's been around Nick knows that's why he coaches. He wants to see his teams be the absolute best they can be to go from being maybe, regardless of what you think or I think or any fans out there think about his team, get the most they can possibly get out of it. And I think he did that this year. Boy, they're you know they're an overtime away from playing for another national championship. And you know we talk about Jack Nicholas and all the majors he won in golf. And then you go back and you look at all the second place finishes. Look at all the times that Nick was in the playoff or finished second in the national title game. We could easily be talking about ten plus national titles in his career. And he always had Alabama uh, in that position. So as far as beating Kirby again and. You know, I really don't think that factored in his decision to retire right now. Did he enjoy beating the best teams and the best coaches and, and guys that, that he had mentored and guys that came up through his ranks? Absolutely he did because he's a competitor. But I don't think that's anything that cemented the fact that he was ready to walk away right now. Chris Lowe with the breaking news uh, at this hour. And again, uh, it is a mouthful. Nick Saban is retiring after seven national championships. Chris, many thanks. We, we appreciate you being here. Obviously, the story just now breaking. Uh, Bruce Feldman will join us in a moment. We'll talk a little bit about the legacy of Nick Saban and what comes next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back with the breaking news that every Alabama fan in the country and the world simply never wanted to see that Nick Saban is stepping down. Chris Lowe reporting to us that, and, and others, uh, including our next guest, that he informed his team this afternoon. Uh, we'll try to sort it all out, and that's, that's, all, that's all I can promise. Uh, we, we were just having a nice, relaxing, uh, easygoing Wednesday afternoon when this happened. Bruce Feldman joining us from The Athletic and Fox, uh, also with the story, and, and we'll try to put it into as much perspective as we can. Bruce, good afternoon, and, and I know this is fresh on everyone's mind, but your, your thoughts hearing this news. Yeah, it's pretty stunning, obviously. I mean, this is a day a lot of us were wondering when it would come. Um, earlier today, the rumors started to swirl that there could be some news from Nick Saban tonight, and I was, like, looked very skeptical. I did speak to somebody a few hours ago who said, who's pretty close to Saban, who go, you know, that wouldn't shock me, but the timing, this person didn't know anything that it would happen tonight. Um, and then we started to talk a little more and I was out the Rose bowl last week. And one thing that did, did, I did think about today was after the game, um, I would remember waiting with a few other people outside the Michigan locker room and, um, a cart, a golf cart with Nick Saban in it had come back from the post-game press conference. And he was kind of stuck. The cart had to slow down and stop because there was a cluster of people around. And, you know, these people saw Saban in there and say, Nick Saban kind of turned and kind of like gave almost like it was like a little bit of a wave and had a, a smile on his face. And I was just thinking it was like that was not kind of how I would have expected his, him to, to, to look in that moment. Um, it wasn't like the, you know, the infamous, like kind of urban liar pizza box <laughs> um, scene after, I think after a big 10, a big 10 title game loss, it was more um, just, I, I don't know. When you go back to his comments at the, after the game, and I think he knew he did an amazing job, especially this year, and how much that team had improved. And, um, you know, again, once at that age, I don't think any of us should be surprised when somebody's like, you know what, it's there's this job, especially as a college football coach now with the NIL, with the portal and everything and the crazy schedule that the way it is, I mean, it, it grinds people away. And he did it for a, a long time and he did it better than anybody's ever done it in this sport. So I, I guess we shouldn't be shocked that today is that day. Bruce, I realize that nobody knows what tomorrow brings, but you are one of these uh, people that are that is so plugged in and has 
his hand and, 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 and eyes on, on what is happening. So I ask you, I say that to ask you the question that won't be today's story, but it will certainly be the story tomorrow. And that is who is next? I mean, there's a bunch of guys, uh, you know, not only did he bring a lot of national titles to Tuscaloosa, he also brought the biggest coaching tree and the most fruitful coaching tree in the sport. And so there's a lot of guys who spent time in Tuscaloosa and learned under Nick Saban that I think will get consideration. I mean, look, Dan Lanning was a GA there. He's done a terrific job in a couple of years at Oregon. Uh, He's got a really good situation there. He's got a loaded team as they move into the Big Ten. I would think that's a call that Greg Byrne in Alabama, you know, may make, you know, I know Steve Sarkeesian impressed folks in Tuscaloosa when he was an assistant there. And I'm sure he impressed them when his team came to Tuscaloosa, you know, earlier or last year and, and beat the tide and he led them to a playoff that he's got a really good job too at Texas as they're moving into the big 12. But again, you know, I, I think, those are names that, that really stood out to me from when I started to think who are the guys that are, are very well regarded there and have done a really good job. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear Kalen DeBoer's name because he has won everywhere he's been and it took him only two years to, to get Washington turned around. And he's a really, I mean, he's a different personality. He has never been in the SEC. Um, you know, and he does, and he's not been of the Saban tree. And so I don't know, you know, I know they have now have the same agent, Jimmy Sexton. Uh, so I wouldn't rule that out. But again, it's not somebody who's worked in the SEC. So I'm, I don't know how that would play. But he's, to me, the top five or six coach in college football. It's just he's very different from, from what they just had there in terms of style. And, and that doesn't mean it couldn't work. But I think those are the names that I would keep an eye on at this point. Those, those were the first three that came to mind from conversations Bruce, that I've you know, uh, had in the past. Bruce, on Dan Lanning, uh, certainly the buyout, all these things, I don't know how much this really matters anymore when you're talking about a school like Alabama, but uh, assuming the call came to Dan Lanning, is it your best guess that he would take it? It's one thing to take it out of discussion. It's another thing to, to say, I'm going to move my family and jump in and be the guy who tries to replace Nick Saban. Right. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, everything I, I know from Dan is he's re- he and his family really like it where they're at. And I think he knows he's got a good situation. He's built a good staff. He's recruited exceptionally well. I could see why Alabama would be really impressed by Dan Lanning. I could see why Dan Lanning would be interested. I just don't know to be the guy who's going to replace Nick Saban. I mean, as you know, we're talking about the greatest college football coach in the history of the sport. That is, you know, that is going to be a really tough job. Um, You know, you just think about like what the bar becomes at that point. I mean, do you, you know, if you're Dan Lanning, you sit there and say, you know, uh, my team is built to make a run, not just at the playoff now at a 12 team playoff, but certainly at a, to maybe dominate the Big Ten. Um, is that a situation where you're like, you know what, that'd be, that could be great and I can make my own legacy here. I, I don't know. I think that's, that's a lot for him or whoever else, you know, Alabama ultimately targets to sort out. Bruce, one, one last question. You mentioned Sarkeesian. Certainly, uh, 
he is doing quite well at the University of Texas, but he's also well-liked uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, how, would you, how would you characterize where he is right now and the likelihood or unlikelihood that he would take the job? That's a great question. I know he's really well regarded in Tuscaloosa. I thought about that a lot today. He's got he's got a big job. He's built that place back up. You know, he's going into the same league that Alabama's in. Um, you know, I don't. It's hard to say. Like one place again, it's it's dealing with the shadow of Nick Saban. I think that's just such a big thing because yes, Texas is a, Texas is a terrific job. Mac Brown obviously won a national title there. You know, it's. I think you could certainly win national titles at both places. He didn't feel like he was that far off from making a title run this year. And he's going to leave behind, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, leave behind, but he has a team in the pipeline right now that should be a, a legit, you know, top five caliber team. So it's not like, you know, he's already done the heavy lifting of the rebuild. I, I'd be curious to see what he would think. I mean, ultimately, you know, again, it's the shadow of Nick Saban. That is not going to be easy for somebody to walk into. They're going to have big options and big names, and they obviously have a ton of money and a ton of resources. But I just think that, um, you know, it's it's going to take a very special, competitive person to want to say, all right, I'm going to leave what I have and then jump into the middle of the biggest, spotlight you can imagine if you're if you're a football coach bruce many thanks uh, i know it's short notice uh, we appreciate it we'll we will be in touch and hopefully can catch up tomorrow about what's next thank you bruce feldman joining us thank you paul from the athletic um again i, I realize uh, some of you may have just gotten home from work may have just gotten in a car and you're probably in a, in a in a state of bewilderment about what we are talking about but what we are talking about is this nick saban has informed his team he is retiring we had Chris Lowe on about 30 minutes ago with the absolute uh, latest, the breaking news. We're trying to sort out as many pieces as we can. Uh, there's still no confirmation from the university, but uh, many media outlets are now reporting this news. We will uh, get some more reaction to this right after a message. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And welcome back uh, as we continue here. And by now, uh, you have probably heard this news, but uh, it is not official, but 
It's as official as it can get. Multiple news outlets are now reporting that Nick Saban, who won seven national championships and made Alabama the biggest brand in college football, is stepping down. He is 72 years old, considered the greatest coach of all time. Dan Wetzel joining us now. And Dan, thank you very much. Uh, I realize we're all reacting to this news in real time, but what is your reaction? Good afternoon. Well, it was a day we knew was going to come, and it was going to come one of these years. Um, but I think even if you're not a Alabama fan, um, even if you root for a team that Nick Saban routinely defeated or or, or, uh, or uh, frustrated, um, it's a I don't know about a sad day, but it's a it's a it's a huge day in college football history. I think considering the com- competitive era. And all it took to win these days, this is the greatest college football coach we've ever had. Um, he was also a tremendous spokesman for the sport, presence for the sport, the way he carried himself, his program carried itself, um, and just that constant figure that everyone could be measured against. Uh, just taking the recency, the ability of Michigan to defeat Alabama in the playoffs meant so much more to Michigan than probably defeating any other program that they could have defeated on the way in terms of credibility, confidence, memorability. And that's because obviously the rich history of Alabama, but the rich history that Nick Saban turned into the juggernaut that he was, this was the gold standard for a long, long time. Everything was measured by Alabama and only rarely did anyone measure up against it. What's interesting, too, Dan, is uh, there were a number of people out in Pasadena who, 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 were, who were stuck on a narrative, and the narrative was if he wins a national championship, he's definitely stepping down. And then it changed. Uh, it completely uh, unwound. Uh, but if you watch Saban closely, and I'm curious how, how you viewed it, and I realize you're watching him from a little more distance than we are right right in, in, the, in the eye of the sun, it, it just seemed like this is not how he would have wanted to go out, other than the fact that he really had an amazing season. Well, obviously, the, the growth in this team and the, the early struggles and then what it became, um, you know, he was, he was very complimentary of it. Everybody, I think, was in that this is a, you know, look, Alabama usually starts power and goes all the way through. And maybe they lose. But you know what you're getting from day one. This was a team that did not, you know, this is a team that was, what, 10-3 to against South Florida until the last touchdown. You know, to get to where they're at was a little bit of a different narrative for him. I, I don't know that there's a good way to go. He, he's 72 years old. These jobs are extremely challenging. But if you look in his recruiting, strong as ever, um, the team was playing as well as ever. He was connecting with his players as strong as that. You know, all of those things. He didn't – he gave it everything he had until the last minute. You lose to a tremendous Michigan football team, particularly a tremendous defensive Michigan football team in overtime, or else he probably wins that eighth national championship. So when you get that close and when you know what it takes to win titles and how hard it is, it's not as simple as saying, hey – I'm just going to go out when I'm going to win that final one. He knows how hard that was, and I think he knows how close he was to doing it this very year. And so this is when he decided to step away. Um, 
all power to him. I hope he enjoys his retirement. Yeah, I, Dan, I think we both know uh, he's probably not going to be uh, sitting on a beach uh, knowing Nick Saban. Um, <laughs> what he's going to do, yeah. Dan, many thanks. Yeah. Uh, we do appreciate it. I know uh, days like this, uh, nobody is completely quite ready for it from a, an emotional standpoint. We are ready for it otherwise, and we appreciate you coming on. Dan Wetzel joining us, uh, talking about the news that Nick Saban is retiring. We are still waiting for the university to make some announcement. We expect that, but uh, m multiple news organizations are reporting uh, that Nick Saban is stepping down. We had Chris Lowe on earlier who broke the news uh, about 45 minutes ago, a little bit over that. As, as he said, uh, loss or not, a week and two days ago, it was still an amazing season that Nick Saban and Alabama got to the playoffs. And you could sense that Saban just may have known this all along. We don't know the we don't know any of the answer to these questions. We're about to find out whenever Coach Saban uh, addresses the the media. We will uh, talk to one of his former players in the next hour. Get more news, more updates as we continue here. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.